Children are dismissed to Children's Church, and good morning. I hope everyone is well today, and if you have a Bible with you, please grab your Bibles, open up your Bibles to John chapter 14. John chapter 14 is going to be where we're going to be today, and it's important for all of you to open up your Bibles to that. If you don't have a Bible, there's one in the pews in front of you. I'm sure there's one on your phones. If there's not, you should really consider adding a Bible app with all the other apps you probably have. Um, let's just make sure we stay focused on God's Word this morning. It's important for you to see that what we're going to talk about today does come from God's Word. God's Word is all that we need in this life. It leads us into salvation. It leads us into the good news of Christ. It leads us into so much more than anything this world could ever provide for us. John chapter 14. Today we talk about the Holy Spirit. And we don't often talk about the Holy Spirit. We don't often pray to him for his impact in our lives. Yet what you see today, or what I hope you see today, is that the Holy Spirit is always in an act of impacting our lives. The Holy Spirit is often referred to, and Francis Chan kind of made this famous with a book of his called The Forgotten God. The Forgotten God. You see, the Holy Spirit is always there for you as a believer, as a follower of Christ. But we don't often recognize him. We don't often notice him. We don't often pay any attention to him. In fact, think about it for a second. We pray to the Father. I know you do. I've prayed with many of you, and I've heard you pray, Father, God, help us today. I've heard you pray to Jesus, Jesus, Savior. Thank you for saving me. Be with me today. Help me today. But how often do we pray for the Spirit's guidance? How often do we pray for the Spirit to help us, to give us wisdom, to guide us, to lead us? How many songs do we sing about the Holy Spirit? Can you name five songs about the Holy Spirit? And I'm talking all throughout history. I'm talking about hymns. I'm talking about modern day songs. I'm talking about any songs. How many songs can you think of where you worship and you speak about the Holy Spirit? Now, I'm sure there are at least five songs out there, but they're pretty hard for us to remember. We say we believe in the Trinity. The Trinity being three, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. Yet far too often we, we neglect one of those. We act like we only worship two. We act like we only know of two. We act like only two really impact our lives, but really, we have three. And the Holy Spirit is one of those. And the Holy Spirit has many different names, many different characteristics, many different aspects of your life in which he impacts. And in today's scripture, we're going to see that the Holy Spirit is our comforter, or counselor, or advocate, or helper. All of these can actually be found in John 14, 16, 15 to 17. However, you might not have realized it. So we're going to talk about that here in just a moment. But this is what we're going to focus on today. We're going to focus on the Holy Spirit as our comforter, counselor, helper, and advocate. Four aspects, but one word which really defines them all. Now I see many of you already looking down at your Bibles and trying to think, where does it say those four words? I only see one word. Or maybe you see some characteristics of what the Holy Spirit does for your life, but you don't see those titles. We'll get to that in a moment. But with the Holy Spirit, 
you have a new identity which affects real life every day. Not just at church on Sunday mornings, but every day the Holy Spirit impacts your life. It affects your life. It helps your life. And did I say it? Because I mean he. We'll talk about that too. You see, in everyday life, you are never alone. We are never alone. You're never alone. I am never alone. Because I believe in the Holy Spirit. Do you? Let's read from John chapter 14. 15 to 27. We'll actually be skipping a little bit though. And in John chapter 14, if you're looking down at your Bibles, read along. I read this. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And I'll ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Now, for sake of time, we're going to skip forward to verse 26, focusing on the Spirit. It says this, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let your hearts, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Now we're going to start off talking about that first section. So let me read that once more where it says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. And even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So we're continuing in this creed series. But what you need to see about this creed series is that the Apostle Creed, the Apostles' Creed is a Trinitarian creed. Just as we started off talking about believing in God the Father Almighty, creator of heavens and the earth, we then moved on and we talked about the Son who died and rose again, who is victorious and sits at the right hand of the Father. But now we talk about the third part of that creed where it says that I believe in the Holy Spirit. The Apostles' Creed encourages us to be balanced in our beliefs, to be balanced in our thinkings, that we need to believe in all three parts. And in John 14, 15 to 17, Jesus makes it very clear that God the Father will send a helper for us. Every single one of us has a helper in our lives. Now, depending on what translation you're reading out of, you might see that word helper be defined in a little bit different way. But I do want to, before we get to that, point out that first word there. It says another helper. Another helper. The Father would send another helper, another helper who would be just like Christ. Another godly, divine helper who would be a counselor, an intercessor on our behalf, an advocate on our behalf. Here's another thought for you, another thought for you. In our lives, we are very materialistic people. We like to collect many things. For some of you, it's different colored tractors or farm equipment. For some of you, it's fishing lures or ice fishing equipment or hunting equipment. For some of you, maybe it has to do with the different things you need for creating arts and crafts or sewing. I, I don't know. That's not my thing. For me lately, it's been starting to get into a collection of records, old vinyl records. 
Well, we collect many things, and as we get older, you'd think that our collections would come to be fulfilled, and maybe we'd stop collecting so much, because maybe either A, we've, we've collected all that we need, or B, maybe because we were able to focus a little bit more on our end here on earth and recognizing that those physical material things just don't matter. But what you often see in our lives is quite the opposite. As we, as our collections grow, as we get older, we often then start focusing on a different type of collection. We start thinking about what can we pass on from this life, from our collections to our kids? What legacies are we leaving behind? But even that, it sounds so good, and we like to think about what legacy are we leaving behind? What are we leaving behind for our children? But so often, even then, that thought is still selfishly motivated. As we want to leave a reputation behind, we want them to remember us. And so often, we want them to remember us not because of what we've taught them. And don't get me wrong, we do do that too. But we want them to think about what we've given them physically as well. I remember growing up, my dad always said that he didn't have much growing up when he was a kid. In fact, one time I got in big trouble because I got the BB rifle, BB gun out of the basement. I was shooting the target. I'm allowed to do that, but, or I was. But then I thought it'd be more fun to shoot something besides a target. So I got this can of spam off the shelf. Nobody likes spam when you're a kid, right? I like it now, and my wife thinks I'm crazy. My kids hate it when I open that can. So I have to keep it at the church and drive Jessica nuts instead. It does smell like canned cat food. Side tra rabbit trail there. Let's get back to the point. I shot that can. Oh, I shot it up. It looked like Swiss cheese. And let me tell you, my dad got mad because he, he didn't think I saw the value in food. I was wasting a can of food, and to him as a kid... That can of Spam had great value. And then he lectured me, I'm sure, about how he's bringing us children up to have more than what he had. As many of you probably think the same things. You want your kids to have more than what you have or what you had. And that's not just in teachings. That's not just in health. But that's also in physical possessions. But even that, it, if you admit it, is a little bit because they want you, they, you want them to remember all that you gave to them. When we look to the legacy of Jesus, he does look to what he's leaving behind for his people, for his followers, for his believers, for his disciples. But he looks to it in a different way. It's not just about us looking to his reputation, but it's about providing for us and for his disciples, for his followers, something that would continue on in his exact place. We would be given another helper who would do some of the same things as what he did for them. You see, the, the disciples were already deeply saddened with the news of Jesus' soon departure. And Jesus is telling them that they would not be left alone. They would not be left alone. We're never alone. I'm not talking about for you who are married and have a wife or a spouse, a husband. I'm not talking about you who have kids. I'm not talking about you who maybe have a cat at home waiting to rub that hairy body all up against your pants and get covered in hair. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. We always have the Holy Spirit in our life to help us if, if you have committed your life to Christ. 
That statement starts out talking about, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. You see, to Jesus, there's no separation from the two. Love and obedience, they go hand in hand, they go together. He wanted your love, but he also wants your obedience to follow after him and his commandments. And when he's talking about commandments, he's not just talking about one commandment out of the ten. He's not just talking about the Old Testament commandments. He's not just talking about the New Testament commandments. He's saying with every day of our lives, we should be trying to follow all of God's word. We should be trying to be more like him. But he knew that we would struggle. And that's why he sent us a helper, so that we would not be alone. Now, we talked somewhat about this last week, that Jesus actually told his disciples that it is better for them that he go, so that he could send this helper to them. It's not a bad thing that Jesus left. And some of us, we think back to this day and we think, if only we lived in the day of Jesus. If only we could walk beside him. If only we could ask Jesus our questions. If only we could seek his wisdom. But I think you fail to recognize that you have all of Jesus' wisdom through the Holy Spirit who is in your life. You have the holy inspired word of God in your life that we freely can read and study and look to in both good times and bad, but we take it for granted and we don't often open it as we should. I think to our lives, and this isn't some of you, but some of you it is, it's myself included, how we can so easily spend hours in front of a TV, in front of a movie, or spend hours in front of our Facebook page, scrolling, 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 and then before you know it, one minute's gone by, and maybe you sat down and you just thought, I'm just going to sit here for five minutes, see what's going on in people's lives. And it starts as a, maybe a positive thing. Even myself, and I'm no different than you, I'm a sinner just like all of us are, but I think, I'm just going to sit here for five minutes and see what's going on in your lives so that I can know what's What's happening? Oh, look at that. Pastor Eldon and Sue, they went snowshoeing today. Now I know something to talk to them about. Oh, look at that. McKinley had her baby. Congratulations. Now I know we can talk to her about that. But before you know it, you've spent an hour on there, scrolling. The same thing for the TV. And then it makes it even harder today where you're watching TV, you're watching Netflix, whatever it is. And before you know it, one show's over, and the next one just automatically starts over. <coughs> I mean, starts. And before you know it, you've spent hours in front of that screen. How good would our lives be if we had the same habit with God's word? How good would our lives be if we remembered that we have this Holy Spirit in our lives, another helper like Christ, who is a counselor, a comforter, an advocate? A teacher. There's many names, many aspects, but what you need to see is that the Holy Spirit is a great gift to us. The Holy Spirit is a great gift to us. We don't deserve this helper. We didn't earn this helper, but he's still given to us based off two acts. I'm going to say two acts. I know we can debate this, but here's the two acts I chose. One, the act of Christ's sacrifice. You didn't earn it, but Christ died for you. He sacrificed his life for you so that you could have life. But then that second act 
And again, you didn't earn this, but there's still an act. And the act is, as Jesus said there, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. We must sacrifice our lives and give our lives to Christ. We must repent of our sins and ask Jesus to help us and to come into our lives and be our Savior. But boy, do we love that fact. We want a Savior, but we often forget that we also need a Lord over our lives. And that's what Jesus is. He's a Lord and Savior. But let's get back to the Holy Spirit. This Holy Spirit connects us to Christ. This Holy Spirit connects us to the Father, God Almighty. This Holy Spirit gives us gifts to do the will of the Father. The gift to preach the Word of God boldly. Boy, I love that one out of Acts. The Holy Spirit gifts us and gives us the ability to preach the Word of God boldly. To teach the Word of God boldly. That's not just me. That's all of us. That's all of you. And we struggle so much with just teaching people. We're afraid to tell anybody about God's Word. But God's Word tells us that the Holy Spirit helps us to boldly proclaim the Word of God. You have this power inside of you. The gift of peace with God. The gift of comfort. The gift of wisdom. The gift of guidance. And this isn't getting into the actual gifts of the fruit of the Spirit. We've talked about that before. The Holy Spirit is a paraclete. In Greek, a parakletos. I listened to that like 10 times to try and get the pronunciation right, and I still might have butchered it, but it's parakletos. Now, paraclete, parakletos in Greek, and that's where the word paraclete comes from, maybe a little bit older of a term that you're not familiar with. So I put down also known as helper. From this one word that you're reading in your Bibles in the ESV that says helper, and I'll ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, could actually come four different words. Depending on the translation you read, considering how it's translated, you might see that as helper. You might see it as comforter. You might see it as counselor or even advocate. There's a few things you need to know about this paraclete, this helper, the Holy Spirit. And number one is this. The Holy Spirit is a paraclete helper, and he is both a person and a divine God. He is divinely God. When it comes to the Holy Spirit, we often think of him as this, this well-intentioned, uninvited uncle to a family reunion. We're afraid to have the Holy Spirit involved in our lives, especially, no offense, but as Baptist people... We're afraid to talk about the Spirit because there's certain denominations out there, certain people out there that might go to the extreme. But then sometimes we go to the, the other side of the extreme with the Spirit, which we don't look to the Spirit's involvement in our life at all. But we're told that the Holy Spirit, this another helper, is in our life forever. He's there. And he's not some kind of weird uncle who shows up at family reunions and just makes things awkward. He's there to impact your life. He's there to teach you. He's there to help you preach. He's there to comfort you. He's help, there to give you wisdom. He's there to give you strength. He's there to unite you with Christ and his teachings. He's there to remind you of your assurance of salvation. People sometimes use the word, use the word it in reference to the Spirit, 
But the Spirit is not an it. The Spirit is a person with personal qualities, but also divine qualities. The Word of God in the New Testament talks about this a lot. In Acts 7.51, the Holy Spirit is referred to as being able to be resisted. In 1 Thessalonians 5.19, the Holy Spirit is referred to as one being able to be quenched. In Ephesians 4.30, we see that he has emotions and can be grieved. And you can grieve the Spirit. You can quench the Spirit. You can resist the Spirit. But the Spirit is still forever in our lives as believers, as followers of Christ. He is like a person in that he has intelligence. He is like a person in the fact that he teaches you. He guides you or leads you. He comforts you. But the Holy Spirit is also not just a person. He is divinely or like God. The persons of the Godhead all share qualities, but they're all yet different and and um, personal themselves as well. For instance, they're all eternal, they're all holy, they're all true, to just name a few. The Father is eternal in Psalm 92, as is the Son in John 1-2, and the Holy Spirit in Hebrews 9. The Father is holy, as is the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father is glorious, as is the Son, as is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, as a paraclete, is also the helper of God's people. That's number two. The Holy Spirit, as a paraclete, a helper, a comforter, a counselor, an advocate, however you want to look to it, is also of God's people. He's for you, not against you. And when we think of all the wisdom we wish we had, we can have all the wisdom we need through him. When we think that we do not have enough strength to move forward, we have the strength that we need, and it's unexplainable, but it's only through him. In times of both trials and dangers, we're not alone. We have the Spirit. We're promised a helper, and we have a helper, but do we use this helper, or do we often neglect him? Is he the forgotten God? Do we quench him? Do we resist him? Do we ignore him? I think often, it's not that you're purposely ignoring him or quenching him or resisting him. You're not saying, Holy Spirit, get behind me. It's just you're walking far ahead and not inviting him as part of your helper, to be part of your life. Acts 4.31, I referenced earlier, says, After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. You have a great strength in having this Holy Spirit, which is of God's people, for God's people. And on another note, this Holy Spirit is nothing new. The Holy Spirit was at the beginning of creation. The Holy Spirit has always been there by God's side. The Holy Spirit has always been there to help God's people. But in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit is one which was given at certain times for certain needs for certain people. And in fact, it's, it's recorded in Numbers that Moses looked forward to the day that all people could have this great blessing of the Holy Spirit in their life. And now that has come true. Next, we see number three. Only Christ followers have this helper. He's only for the followers. The Holy Spirit gate crashes no one's heart. He waits to be called into the redeemed. Uh, the quote I found, I just love, the Holy Spirit gate crashes no one's heart. He waits to be called into the redeemed. 
a humble heart who has committed their lives to follow Christ as Lord and Savior. But once saved, the Holy Spirit unites us together by a common bond to Christ. And there's more on this next week. But only the Christ follower has room in him for the, to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. One author stated this, God's Spirit, as given through Jesus, plunges us into a river of blessing. He gives life. He saves and sanctifies. He unites believers with Jesus and with each other. And equips and empowers them to be spiritual people ready for earthly labor as much as eternal life. Did you catch that? The Holy Spirit gives life, saves, and sanctifies as he reminds us and convicts us and tells us of Christ. He unites believers with Jesus and with each other. He equips and empowers them to be spiritual people ready for earthly labors. But then also the last part, as much as eternal life. We need the Spirit as much as our lungs need oxygen. We need the Spirit to always be there to guide us and give us wisdom and give us strength and give us assurance of our salvation. We need the Spirit to convict us as much as we don't like to ask for that. We need to ask the Spirit to convict us to close the doors that need to be closed, to open the doors that need to be walked through, and to help us to walk each day with strength and guidance in the direction we need to go. But then number four, the Holy Spirit is forever with you. Forever with you. And you see that in John 14, when it said, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Sometimes we pray to God and we say, God, just fill me with your spirit. God, just help me. God, just lead me. God, just give me wisdom. But the thing is, he's never left you. The Holy Spirit is with you forever if you love him and obediently following his commandments. If you have committed your life to Christ. Have you truly sacrificed your life to him? Have you truly accepted Christ to be your Lord and Savior? You see, the Holy Spirit brings a great blessing into all believers that he indwells. Looking back to John 14 now, that second part, it says this. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. You see, there's a lot to study on the Holy Spirit, pneumatology. It, it's, it's a whole theology. It's a whole debate. It's a whole study to study for entire lives. And still we're not going to truly understand the Holy Spirit or the Trinity because he's divine and godly and goes beyond us. But there's a lot in Scripture that we can see. For instance, in the Scripture we see... That the Holy Spirit teaches us all things needed and the things of Christ. He, he reminds us the things of Christ. The Holy Spirit helps bring peace into our lives. A peace with God as he convicts our lives of how much we need Jesus. A peace with ourselves. A peace with life. And a peace which reminds us of the truth and the hope that we have for all of eternity. We have nothing to fear. Furthermore, the Spirit bears and teaches us the truth. And in John 16, 13 to 14, if you're taking notes, John 16, 13 to 14, we read this. 
When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The spirit shows us truth. The Spirit hopes to illuminate God's word for us, and that's why so many people in the world, they just don't understand God's word. They don't understand God. They don't understand their need for Christ because they need the Holy Spirit to convict them. They need the Holy Spirit to lead them. They need the Holy Spirit to translate this word into their life and show them how much they need Jesus. And that's where we need to remember we're not the ones that can do that. We're the ones who are God's hands and feet. To help him, but he's the one who calls. He's the one that equips. He's the one that translates. The Holy Spirit, if we go into further detail, and we're coming to a close, says this. He intercedes for us and guides our prayers. We see this in Romans. He counsels us according to the truth, just as Jesus, the wonderful counselor, does. The Holy Spirit is also a counselor for us. He convicts us of sin. He makes us holy. He teaches and directs us. He empowers us in much, much, much more. We, we don't have time to go into much more detail. But one more scripture reference, Romans 8.15. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. A word translated that could be translated as Daddy. What a great blessing we have, a great gift we have in the Holy Spirit as he impacts our lives for the good. This forgotten God, this God that often gets neglected, that gets ignored, that gets forgotten, he helps us to be able to relate to the God of all creation, the Father Almighty, in a different way. A way which we can cry out to him, Abba, Father, Daddy, as we recognize how much God loves us. The Holy Spirit helps us to see God's love in a different light. The Spirit helps remind us that we are God's forever. If you're in Jesus, you are God's forever. We have a faith, a Father who loves us and never leaves us. We have the Son, Jesus, who died for us. But we also have the Spirit of God who is with us. All of these things forever. Don't forget that. You have these things forever with you. In the good times, in the bad. The Holy Spirit is there to help us. Here's some application for you. The take home. The challenge. And this is pretty easy, but you might want a pen to take a note. You see, it's hard for us sometimes to believe that we're God's forever. It's hard for us to remember that we have this Holy Spirit in our life. And some of that's our own fault because we don't focus on God like we should. We don't focus on his word like we should. We don't commit enough time to him. So here's something I want you to do. I want you to think about your life. What's the hardest thing you're facing right now? I want you to write that down. If you're not taking notes, write it down in your mind. What's the hardest thing you're facing right now? What's challenging you? What's been thrown into your life that you're struggling with? What are some things that you're experiencing through this life that might doubt make you doubt that God is truly there forever with you, the Holy Spirit. Now here's what I want you to do with that. I want you to set an alarm to go off throughout the day at different times. And every time that happens, I want you to pray. 
I want you to pray something like, God, please make your presence known in my life. I know your Holy Spirit lives inside of me, and I just pray that you would help me be more aware, aware of his help that I have. The Holy Spirit is there forever as your helper, as a counselor, as an advocate, as a comforter. All we need to do is remember that he's there. But you need to take action to be purposed to remember the helper that you have in your life. Ask God to help you to remember this. And in Psalm 139.7, it says, Where shall I go from your spirit? Where shall I flee from your presence? Because, again, we cannot get away from God. He's always there. We just need to recognize this. We're never alone. Now, as I close in prayer, I want to close with a song. And Brian's not going to come back up here. I have a song to, for you to watch on the screen. There will be some lyrics you're welcome to sing along with. Well, you're welcome to focus on the words and I encourage you to invite the Spirit back into your everyday life. Allow Him to impact your life for the goodness of God, not for the goodness of you. He will help you, but for the goodness of God. Let me pray. Lord, I thank you for this day and this great message you've given us. I thank you for your word that lights our path and shows us where to go. Lord, I thank you for not leaving us alone. For all of eternity, but through your Son, you give us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes through you, from you, Father. And this Holy Spirit is a comforter, a helper, an advocate, a counselor. May we recognize the great help that he is for our lives. We're never alone. We believe in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go ahead and play that video. There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. Nothing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves when my heart becomes free and my shame is ended your presence
final lines there is, your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. We long for the presence of God to be in our lives for all of eternity. But I think we often forget that we already have the presence in, of God in our life for all of eternity. The Apostles' Creed gives us some very powerful statements, but don't forget that these statements lead you into the Word of God. There's so much more we could study with the Holy Spirit, but our time is over for today. In fact, we've gone a few minutes late. So you're dismissed, and please get to Sunday school classes as soon as possible. Thank you.